Blog Talk Radio. Let's get lost in a better place. Pick up a book, travel through time and space. So much to learn, so much to see. A chance to escape reality. Open your mind and your heart. For a fresh new start MJ Network will bring you there So let's talk about it When life and on the air Good morning everyone This is Fran Lewis from cloudy Westchester But it's not raining And this is MJ Network In memory of my sister Marsha Joyce and I am so excited that Lois Schmidt is here with something fishy. And when attorney Sam Juan goes missing, Wildlife Magazine reporter Christy Farrah believes the disappearance is tied into her latest story concerning 20 acres of prime beachfront property. Boy, I wish I was there now. That the Clam Shell Cove Aquarium hopes to purchase. So good morning. And this is different. You know good why morning. I love it? Because it's, it's not a typical murder mystery and this aquarium and wildlife, I love wild, I love sharks. I love sharks, and I love dolphins. They're fascinating. They are. Well, yes. I had a shark tank at one point. I had a shark tank of about ten sharks, little mystic sharks. Long story, and it was fun. So, give us a small summary of the plot. Okay. Well, what's happening is it's a land grab. There is prime beachfront property in this community that um, the aquarium wants to acquire for um, use as a um, breeding grounds for marine mammals, uh, a um, marine mammal rehabilitation um, center, and so forth. And, um, you know, they want to keep it in a camp for marine scientists. So they would be keeping it in pristine condition as it is for the uh, for that. But meanwhile, there's a developer, Lucian Moray, one of my favorite names. Mm. <laughs> um, he sa- he sounds evil, doesn't he? And he's the developer, and he wants to um, buy it to put up condominiums. So the whole town is like the Hatfields and McCoys with mm. environmentalists behind the aquarium and a lot of the business owners behind uh, Moray because they think it would be good. The condos would bring um, more people, more buyers, more to the community. So this is going on. Sam Wong is the attorney for Lucian Moray. He is also the fiance of the seal keeper at the um, at the and sea lion keeper at the aquarium mm. whose estate she inherited money and um, as part of it not only did she inherit money but her um, grandmother left a trust um, and out of that, some of that money is to be given to charities, and she specified the charities. And um, um, Katie the, has the opportunity to um, decide what charities get it, and one of them listed is the aquarium, and she wants it to go. Now, if the aquarium gets this money, they can buy the land. If they don't, 
it'll probably go to Moray. So that's the basic plot. And, of course, there's a murder. There are accidents at the aquarium. In fact, there's two murders. There are accidents at the aquarium, including, and you mentioned sharks, um, once, including my um, amateur sleuth, who was a reporter for a wildlife magazine. That's how she gets involved in this. She's doing a story. And um, she goes down in a shark tank, and there's a, almost a near-death experience there when she becomes, when somehow... Um, I don't want to say too much, but she goes down in a um, shark tank, and there is a bull shark there. And let's say there's a little incident. So there's accidents at the aquarium. There are two murders. And keep in mind that aquariums, um, we all think in terms of sharks and barracudas as being the dangerous animals in the sea. Well, there are. There are a lot of other very small but very lethal creatures, the box jerk jellyfish, the sea snake, um, all the lionfish. All of these are so, so toxic. So the aquarium is a really dangerous place. Mm. So um, that's the basic premise. And there's another two little subplots within the story. One involves um, things that are happening, strange occurrences happening on the beach, strange lights on the beach at night. Mm-hmm. And um, that seems to um, involve, I guess, I'd, for better, lack of a better term, I'll use aging hippie who lives nearby. She's an artist. And the second, the second subplot involves um, my amateur sleuth. Her name is Christy. Christy's mother is up from Florida on a visit. She's a widow, and she seems to be. She came up to announce her forthcoming engagement to this gentleman she met, but Christy doesn't think everything is copacetic. She doesn't quite trust him, and she thinks he may be a con man. So those are the two subplots within the story. Well, I didn't... The mother is a riot. I mean, she added added something to this. She reminded me of my mother. What can I say? And yeah, she had her own... A little bit of everybody's mother in her. Yes, yes. Yes, she did. What can I say? <laughs> so, there's a crisis faced by two parts of the community of Clamshell Cove. Why did you call it that? Because, we, I mean, I thought that was hilarious. Well, I live on Long Island, and we have a lot of yeah. beach and a lot of communities. One of the most famous communities is Oyster Bay. Um, uh-huh. So we have a lot having to do with shellfish, and I just thought... Clam uh, Shell Cove gives it that beachy, really beachy name. So that's why I picked that. That's why I made that one up. I think that's really cool. And I'm allergic to shellfish. That doesn't help me at all. Not at all. Uh-oh. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so what research into wildlife and how an aquarium is run did you do before writing the book? Oh, I did a lot. I always do a lot. My books involve, as I said, Christy Farrell, who is a reporter, a former teacher, gave oh, nice. up a tenure job as an English teacher to pursue her lifelong dream, which is be a writer. She's a writer for a wildlife magazine. Her husband and daughter, and her daughter helps her with the, on solving some of the crimes of veterinarians. Yeah. There's a lot of animals, but I deal with a lot of animals. My first book, Monkey Business, took place at a zoo. This one, an aquarium, and the one coming up at a wildlife preserve. So I, oh, did, nice. I went out. There's an aquarium on Long Island. I always go and visit. When I did the zoo, I went to the, went to a couple of zoos, 
Um, for this one, I went to the aquarium and um, visit them. I did talk to some people. I also did a lot of um, of research, book research, and um, online research, research too. I'm very careful with online research. I know yeah. sometimes you have to make sure of your source. So anything that I found there, I verified. I tend to go more towards books, and um, but I or I'm using in that you know. Um, a um, legitimate, a very legitimate source when I do online research on these. So I did a lot. I found out a lot about all the dangerous creatures that are in our waters. Um, I wrote a blog on that once, and um, somebody said to me that they love the blog, but they're afraid to go in the water. Well, luckily, a lot of the dangerous creatures are not really... Um, in our waters, um, some of them, like mm. the box jellyfish. Uh, but there's an awful lot. There's um, so, um, and I incorporated. These are in this aquarium, and even though they may not be in Long Island waters, they're in the aquarium. And um, maybe there were some encounters. I'll just leave it with that. So I did a lot of research. I always research. Before I start, when I write a book, the first thing I do is I come up with a general premise. So I have maybe a page or two of what it's going to be. Mm. Then I start my research. And before I do any more, I do a lot of research to make sure that uh, things will work out. That, um, let's say, this particular um, creature is poisonous enough to kill or lethal mm-hmm. enough to um, uh, to kill. Uh, like we know, certain sharks are aggressive, certain ones are not. Um, yeah, so all of this is things that I research. That is so scary. I know, they are. But they're so cute, though. Like I said, I had a 25-gallon mystic shark tank. And when I would come home from school, the shark would jump up and say hi. <laughs> it's wow. kind of like yeah, no. they... it knew me. Yeah, I go like, and I named them, which is even worse. I named them, and the only thing I realized that I said, my oh my god, they don't they, um, my my stepson put in um, mystic uh, shellfish, he put angelfish in there, and some other some goldfish. I said you can't do that. They're gonna eat them. I I refused to put goldfish in the tank because I felt bad for them, so I just did fish food. Yes. I, I could. I didn't have That's, the heart yes. to kill anything. So no, I agree. I, I I know exactly how you feel. Um, I know how nature works, but you know sometimes I do try to you know I try to avoid it myself. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you on that. But they are yeah, fascinating creatures. They really are. Yeah. And, um, I enjoy doing the research. So tell us about Captain West, Oscar, and the employees of the of the aquarium, and what exactly do they do? Excuse me, what do they do? Um, what do they do? What are their well, job? What are their roles? Are they? What do the people at okay. the aquarium do to make sure everybody's safe? And those gorgeous okay. dolphins and sharks and everybody are happy, and nobody tries to kill them. Well, they it's all so have a background in it. They all have um, nowadays. Um, most of them have college experience. Have college, you know, have a college degree in their field, um, and they have experience. They work their way up the ladder. Um, it's a lot. 
you know, they have to be careful. They know which fish are, which aren't and how they, how they do everything. So um, they all have had training. You just don't go in with a degree in art history, let's say, and say, I want to be um, curator of, um, or I want to be the um, director of the aquarium. Uh, or in charge of the fish keeper or head fish keeper. You have to have some background and some training. Well, I can imagine. Educational. Dangerous, too. When she goes well, down I in the tank, I got really on. nervous. I go like, oh, my God, are you crazy? Yes. yes. Yeah, that is those people do that. They do have the um, the shark tanks. That is... Um, yeah, I know. I think my niece once swam with the dolphins. I said... That's not good either. What can I say? <laughs> well, I actually, really I nervous. swam with dolphins. I swam with dolphins, and they are wonderful. They are wonderful I w- creatures. I'll wave at them um, outside the tank. <laughs> not me. They so, really are very, very bright creatures, and they're um, extremely intelligent. They have a sense of humor, too. We were actually at with a dolphin encounter, and the dolphin was there, and in our group, there were these um, young people, college students, I would say. There were about five of them. And the one girl, I could tell, didn't really want to be there. She was a little bit shy. She was a little bit, you know, I think a little bit afraid. And she was just going because her friends were there. Well, I think the dolphin sensed that. And he teased her. He would swim by everybody and he'd splash her and then go off. And then he'd come back and he'd splash her and go off. It was the funniest thing to see. Um, they're very intelligent creatures. They are very intelligent creatures. I know. They're so cool. So we have the two sides, the moray and we have the aquarium people. But who is siding with the aquarium and this character really? Hmm, Ruby. Tell us a little bit about her. And she didn't want either side uh, to win. Nasty lady, yeah. let me tell you. Yeah, well, she is the one I was talking about before that I mentioned, um, yeah. sort of a side story, but she is involved yeah. in that. Um, she's basically an artist, looks a little bit like an aging hippie. She um, doesn't want it. She just wants it to stay as it is. She doesn't want the condos, but she also doesn't want the aquarium. Now, the aquarium was going to use it for breeding grounds and a marine science camp, a camp for marine scientists, which would be the scientists, minimal invasion. They would be there, but they would be studying. But she still thought that was, you know, an intrusion. She lived next to it. Why did she consider that an intrusion? Well, I can't tell you any more on that. No, you can't say anything. That's part of the plot. That's part of the plot. But it is very strange that everybody wants either the environmentalists want this, the aquarium to um, to acquire this property. They think that'll be fantastic. Um, particularly the marine science camp be very limited. A couple of scientists there just studying marine life and coming up mm. with um, solution to problems. Um, and the business people, a lot of the business people, although not all, but many of them, want the um, the condos because they feel it will bring in an upscale 
um, upscale consumer who will buy from their stores and their businesses. So, um, but she, but Ruby is alone. She doesn't want anything. So um, it's um, and you, at the end you see why. Yeah, well, economically it would change it too, what? and people would have to spend more money. So this was yes. really too much for words. She wasn't thrilled that her mother came for an unexpected visit. And then she drops oh, a bomb on her. Yes. She's got Paul. Oh, God help us. So how did you include that? And from the start, I knew I didn't like this guy. Forget it. I didn't like him at all. Well, I had worked. Well, that's part of my background. Oh, I, I, First of all, my loves have always been mysteries and animals. I love animals. But I didn't work with animals. My background is I worked for for several decades, over two decades, for a consumer affairs agency. So I've been trying to include, and my next one has the two, a little bit of con game in every one of my books. You know, Mm -hmm. a little bit of you have to watch out for this. So um, that's why I decided to... um, to do that in this story, um, I brought her mother. I thought she'd be a fun character. Yeah, and, she was. Um, I like to add a little bit about that. It makes my my characters more dimensional when their personal life gets into it. Um, so this, um, so I thought that would be a, a a good idea. And it's easy to see how somebody like that could be swept off their feet. Even yeah, well, especially when she goes on the tours woman. and stuff like that. That was too much, too. It was like mm-hmm. she wanted to get rid of her for the day. So who is Jack, and what happens to him? I felt so sad. And how does his sister react? Well, he's a fish keeper. And, well, he, without giving too much away. Yeah, you don't um, want to tell anybody why. Say, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he dies, and there's questions at one point about his motivation. His sister owns a horse farm, yeah. and it turns out the horse farm is on shaky ground, as a lot of horse farms on Long Island have been. Um, taxes are high. Um, there's a lot of upkeep, and... Um, these horse farms can be sold, and the owner can, you know, it's prime property. The owners can make a lot more money, but she wanted to keep the horse farm. But it's a problem, and the question arises, did Jack help or sell out in any way to Lucian Moray, the developer, in, or, or did the sister do that in order to get um, an infuse of money? Also, keep in mind, although he worked at the aquarium, the uh, condos would bring in a lot of, and these were going to be upscale uh, condos. This was a a sleepy beachfront community that with these condos could become an extension of the Hamptons. So they were going to be attracting pretty well-to-do people, and could they, and these would be the type of people who might decide to take riding lessons. Lisa Horse, that type of thing. And I so we have, I, I know a little bit about, again, with the research, um, mm. my daughter was a rider when she was young. Um, and, you know, she did the Hampton Classic. You know, she did um, horse shows and that. So I'm very familiar oh, with nice. stables. 
That is great. Yeah, my that niece used to do barrel practice. riding. She used to do the barrel oh, wow. races and the barrel riding. Yeah. Now she's going for respiratory therapy, which is a lot safer, I think. We hope. Yeah. And yes, the I other one, so. yeah, the, the other one did. That. The other one, I have pictures of challenges that she went on horses, and I used to go on a little pony that didn't move too fast. Seriously, that was that was my goal. <laughs> That's probably more my speed, at least at this stage. Yeah, the little thing had I had to have a word with it because you know it had to be low because I'm little. So what happens <laughs> when too, Sam? Yeah, what when Sam appears and he doesn't come forth with why he did call Katie and why he disappeared, and then. Things happen with her husband's business and financial straits. So what does she try to do to get it to help him? To help her husband? Yeah. How does she do to try to help him? And why doesn't it sound like a great idea? What does he plan to do to help well, himself? He, he, it doesn't sound so good. I don't like this guy. Again, personal thing. Who, her husband? Her, okay. Her husband is is great. He's a fabulous yeah. veterinarian and he loves his animals and he does what's happening and this is a story that's happening it's not um made up in that sense that many private vets are being taken out um by big corporations who buy mm. the business and then hire vets to work there um and sometimes they push things that aren't needed. Uh, it's not the same as the old vets. Um, it's sort of what we a lot of people see happening in medicine too. The old family doctor is no longer there, and he has his vet practice. And he, you know, one of the comment and one of my next story, I make a comment about. Um, oh, nice. And playing Prosper, which is my book coming up, I may make a comment about how he knows, you know, the name of every animal that he sees, every dog, cat, bird, or whatever he sees, but not necessarily their human's name. Um, but he knows, he, you know, he's a dedicated veterinarian. But this big corporation, a health and wellness center for animals is coming in. It's got everything. It's got grooming. It's got training. It's got all things under one. Um, acupuncture and chiropractic treatment for dogs. It has everything under one umbrella, under in one place. So he's afraid this will take away from his business and that he may yeah. lose clients. So um, he, again, an animal, strictly an animal person, doesn't really have a great idea of um, of um, a business, not that great a business person. He comes up with an idea to have a festival, an animal festival with photographers mm. and, <laughs> and all sorts of different types of things, hoping it will attract new customers. And um, he does. And that's all I'll say on that. So you can you know, the readers can see what happens, but he does. You got to read this book and because this is like really... it's so different than all the other murder mysteries. And like I said, I love sharks, I love dolphins, and I love wildlife, and I don't like jellyfish because they are dangerous. They are dangerous. Yeah. Yes, yes. And the who is Marcia? And Marcia gets involved with Paul, and Christie's mother. She needs a lesson for me for me on what not to do. And who not to pick. Yes, yes, yes. And Christy needs to do what my sister used to do. She used to do the clipboard test. If I went out with someone, she would give them the clipboard test of questions to see if he was worthy. And if he wasn't, we dumped him. 
I'm serious. That's what she used to do all the time. Sometimes I miss that. That's a yeah, good it was crazy. idea. So who is Marsha? Why does she get involved with Paul? And why does Christie's mother need a lesson in who's worth it? Poor thing. Well, Marsha is um, is the mother's best friend um, from a long time ago. They were a long time. Then, of course, um, the mother... Moved to, when she became when she widowed she went down to Florida, and but they still kept in touch. So and Marsha's living on Long Island, so when she comes back up to visit Christy, the mother of course is going to spend some time with her best friend Marsha, and that's it. And um, basically, Marsha is a um, you know a side character mm-hmm. in that sense. So. Um, so a sounding board for her. So who is Bradford, and what is his role at the aquarium? What is, what does everybody think he's doing? Well, he is in charge of the public relations, the marketing, the fundraising, mm-hmm. all that type of thing. He um, so he's not involved with the with the fish and the sea mammals. He is just trying to promote the aquarium. Um, so basically that's his job, public relations, and, um, he can get carried away with that a little bit. Well, and I have to tell you something, for the next book, you got to put pictures in it. I'm going to have pictures of the animals. I, I, like I said, where are the pictures of my dolphins and stuff like that? Yeah. Because they're so different. Not a this bad so idea. Different. Not yeah, idea. I know. Yes, yes. Like one or two my pictures. Book, I know there was a couple of books was, that I read, um, and I'm going like, where are the, where are the pictures to see that whatever? So Christy takes unnecessary chances at times, and why does she do that? And why does everyone think that she should solve the murders and nobody else? Which I agree, of well, course. But what can I say? She's out a reporter, a, a reporter now for a wildlife or a writer for a wildlife magazine, and reporters are naturally inquisitive, and she wants to have the story, but mm. she always has a, um, a personal interest in the case. Um, mm. In my first book, Monkey Business, I will just tell you briefly, her brother, who is the curator of reptiles, gets Ooh, involved, nice. uh, yeah, and he, he's accused of the murder. In this case, and I will have to do this carefully because I don't want to give something away, but no. in this case, one of the people, I will just say, because this is at the very beginning, I, I announced it, the sea lion trainer, the one who has the, the money, the trust fund, who is executor of the will that leaves the money to several um, charities, and she has, um, she has the option of... Um, her name is Katie Chandler. Katie has the mm-hmm. option of um, giving, assigning so much money to different charities so she could either give enough that the aquarium could um, buy the land or not enough. She has that option. She handles how the charities, the money going to the charities. She happens to be the best friend and former college roommate of Christy, that's my protagonist, that's the uh, magazine mm-hmm. writer, of Christy's daughter, Abby. Abby, as I mentioned, is a veterinarian, um, like her father. And so so that gives Christy the personal interest because of Katie. 
That's, that's so amazing. Yeah. Well, before I forget, so, uh, I'm sitting here staring at these dates in front of me, trying to remember them. Um, Thursday, this is going to be very powerful. This is a true story. The title of the book is Where the Mad List Lies. When the Mad List Lies, Sylvia True was sister was in an insane asylum. She put herself in one because she couldn't handle dealing with being a parenthood. This is a terrible, terrible accounting of what happened to mental ill patients during World War II and the fact that they were euthanized, cremated, and killed and misdiagnosed. This is a true story that happened. And the result is... Oh, boy. It was horrible, but the book is fantastic. And I asked to re-interview her because I think that her story needs to be told. And it will be told at 10 o'clock on Thursday. I think she's like 90 or something like that. So we'll see. On the 16th, my favorite person, Cindy McDonald, will be there with Max Stout. On the 18th, until I find her, Rita Frey. On the 23rd, Alan Jacobson, the lost girl. On the 30th, through the door. And on the 25th, this is mind-boggling. My college professor from Lehman College that taught me how to read a book and read something and understand it past what the, what's on the page. In other words, to look deeper. And he's the reason why I get things that nobody else does. So we're going to talk to Dr. Cavuto on the 25th. I'm so I'm honored. We're going to talk about the medicalization of education and why parents should not medicate their children. That they're being misdiagnosed and that how to properly diagnose a child, whether it's a learning disability or it's lack of proper teaching. That's my that's my field, reading. So I'm excited about that. Wow, that's uh, that yeah. And I'm great. honored. I, like, I found him, and he's like, he said, you're my number one student. I tortured you for 15 weeks. I said, you sure did. What can I say? So what makes her skills as a reporter come into place when observing others, and how does she create her list of suspects? Okay, that was a really good question. Well, first of all, she's a former English teacher oh, nice. um, who always wanted to be a writer. And so she gives up a tenure job to take this, uh, this opportunity, which shows a lot of guts on her part. So she is definitely a risk taker. But as a teacher, she has a skill that's very important for writers and reporters, and that is observing people and reading people. A teacher, if um, somebody who's been a teacher for a long time can mm. tell when a student is lying, uh, can tell them, mm. and that's, this is one of her qualities as a reporter. You know, she interviews, she asks questions, but she can tell by body language. She can read the body language. Mm, maybe they're not telling the truth, or why are they so nervous on this one? So that's um, those skills. And, of course, as a reporter, a good reporter, always ask questions that can lead to the answers you need. So, well, she um, does ask good questions. Yeah, she does. She doesn't ask the typical ones, too. She goes in depth, too, which yes. is really good. So what did she learn about Jack that she didn't know before? And why does she become well, friends I, with her sister? Well, um... As I said, she learns about the horse farm, and she didn't know a lot about that. I don't want to give too much away. No, don't say too much, on, no. On this. So I'm not going to say too much on that. So that's basically what I'm going to say um, on that. Um, there's a little more. If you read the book, you'll see there's more she learns about Jack. But I don't want to 
as I said, give that away. And um, she gets to deal with, as she, in dealing with the sister, she realizes how much the sister loves these horses and loves and, you know, wants this horse form to succeed. Um, so in the end, she's able to give her some advice that will help her and help her out. This is a, this a lot is of a very, connection. Yeah, I know. This is a very you know, interesting thing. People that are very wealthy, these wealthy businessmen, these corporate people, their politicians and stuff, how much power does Lucian have over the community? Can he get them or pay them off and side them to side with him, even the people that are on the other side, on the aquarium side? Is that powerful? Well, I don't think it would work paying off anybody there. Um, I didn't put that in. I'm sure it's possible, but um, they're pretty dedicated, the people for, who are on the side of the aquarium. Mm. But mm. what it comes down to in this case um, is the money. The person who owns the land, yeah. um, where he wants to build the condos, and he um, and the aquarium wants to acquire for the um, – Marine science camp and breeding grounds. The person who owns that um, was basically an environmentalist. He lived in the area a long time, and he'd like to see it kept in its pristine condition. But he owns the land, and he knows it's valuable. So he's making it easy for the aquarium, but not that easy. They still could have a problem if they come up with a certain amount of money, and he did. They can. Um, the aquarium can buy it, but if they don't come up with it, then Lucian Moray can get in. And um, with Katie, the stillkeeper, as executive to the will, they should be able to come up with it. But then something happens. But anyway, Lucian Moray is, is powerful in the sense that um, he has a lot of money. And he has that money just waiting there. If the aquarium can't come up, he's next in line and he has it. He has the backing of the business community because they see this as helping them, bringing in some wealthy clientele. Yeah. Um, this is a beachfront community. These people who move to the um, who would move into the condos would probably live all year round or come out, and it would really boost the economy. So um, they're. Um, so he has power in that sense, but he has a lot of money, and he's just waiting there for the aquarium to fail and not be come up with the money to buy the uh, buy the land. That would be so and sad for those poor animals. Happen, it would be. I mean, the aquarium would still be there, but the land that they wanted to have for the for the scientists to study things yeah. like brown tide, to study um, different things with um, why certain sea creatures are um, no longer there or disappearing, things like that. That would not be, uh, they would not be able to do that. Um, the breeding grounds, things like that. So um, it's um, important for the aquarium. The aquarium would still be there, but this is very, very important. And, well, just um, think about the fact that all the educational opportunities for kids to learn too, and for schools exactly. and for people to, to to for kids to to sign up to be part of this, that would be fantastic. Exactly. I mean, that would be something I, I would go crazy. I love stuff like that. 
to learn more about be. the wildlife and to, as long as I don't have to swim with them, I'm fine. I could, you know, do research. But <laughs> it would be it would really be a pity. And I know that I don't even know the Coney Island Aquarium. I don't know exactly except for the fact that you can go there and see the animals. I used to take classes there when I was teaching classes. And the, oh, it was it was hours to get there, but it was worth it. So how does Christy yes. piece it yes, all I together? Well, she does that through different clues, different asking her questions, different clues and things come up. And um, again, in the end, in the end, she does it um, elimination on some people, mm. but basically there is a clue, and it's towards the end that um, makes her realize the motivation um, for the um, for what happened, for a murder that happened, and that murder, without saying more, is key yeah. to the aquarium getting the money, and she realizes that she discovers the clue. Well, how is she able to enlist the help of other agencies, though? She gets help, though. She doesn't do this alone. She does. She does. She um, well, she's a reporter, and um, the agencies do take tips from reporters. They will work with you know something if it's a legitimate tip. So she, you know, she they'll take a tip from anyone, but and they'll check it out uh, if they think it's legitimate. Um, and very often, if a reporter comes. Mm. They know that the reporter has a professional background and has checked their sources, and there is some legitimacy to it. Uh, I know when I worked for Consumer Affairs, if somebody mm. called and said, hey, we hear this, you know, yeah, we would check it out. So um, that's how she gets the um, the help. Well, this or rather, is she another helps thing. them. She gives them the information. She's, they actually... She's got another arrest. problem. Her magazine is is going down. So what does Olivia treat her and others so coldly when she does a great job? And what is the fate at the mag at her fate at the magazine? Well, you'll see at the end. Um, with that, I don't think it's too much of a spoiler alert. Just yeah. tell me that um, for the time being, things are okay. I say for the time being, so everything will be okay. In terms of Olivia, uh, in terms of um, the editor, she is a great editor. Uh, but she's a tough woman, and you have to be in that field. So this is, this is just her way she is. We've all met people like that, people who are fabulous in the job, also great human beings, but they're just gruff. They're no-nonsense. They're not warm and fuzzy, and that, that's her. That's the editor. And she's all business, and she's tough. I'm looking at my review. By the way, my review is on Just Refuse. And the stars are shining, people. Since four o'clock this morning, the five stars are seriously shining brightly. So wow, Detective Wolf doesn't like her. Why doesn't he want her to find out anything? Well, okay, he's not he thrilled that she's interfering. To all my books, he's he's her nemesis, and it starts out in my well, as I mentioned, they have a little bit of a history. Wolf ah. went to school with her um her brother. Her brother's a little bit nerdy. Um and Wolf bullied as a kid. Bullied the brother. And now through connections, um, he's risen to detective in the police force. Not on his own merit, but because he has 
relatives who are high up. So he's sort of, um, and he's very threatened by Christie. In the first case, mm. Monkey Business, my first book, that's where I first introduced him. He is a, um, at that case, she, you know, at that case, her brother, remember, who he bullied as a child, is a suspect. So that's why Christy gets in, into the case, and she solves it, much to Wolf's embarrassment. He doesn't solve it. She solves it. Mm. And she just doesn't want her interfering. And I use him sort of as a foil in the books. The blustery detective Wolf appears in something fishy, and then again in my new book, Playing Possum, where he um, he tries to thwart her attempts, but she always seems to get around it and um, solve the case. Um, so that that's basically it. He is um, does not want interference, mm. and he's looking for the quickest solution, whether it's right or not. Now we've got the mother. Does she wake up? Poor mother. What do you mean? Does she wake does, up? Does her mother? Does her mother finally realize that Paul's a, not the oh, right yes. person? Oh yes, yes, but she's, yes. But she's crushed. I know. So sad. You'll get another one. Don't worry. But this time you'll do the clipboard test. It'll be much better. Seriously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, so the other question is, I've been asking authors, so many of them. Is that when you write a, a, a book in the series, what series, with a series character like Christy or anybody else, how do you keep it that people want to keep reading about her and don't think it's just a, another plot with the same character? How do you make it different? Well, that's why I try and get a little bit on her personal life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, with her daughter Abby was one way. Um, yeah, like Abby. In her first book, they were going. She was dating this young man, Jason, who was in, was in law school, just graduating from law school. In something fishy, the relationship advances, and in playing possum, my next book it advances even more. So I think oh, that's nice. one of the things uh, people like to follow. There are even though we always solve the murder, there are open-ended mm-hmm. questions. What's going to happen? With the magazine where she works, as I said, after something, you know, things are okay, but still on shaky ground. It's a temporary thing. So people want to read the things like that. Um, what about her husband's set practice? How is that going to handle that? Yeah, so I leave saying, a little yeah. bit of a cliffhanger so people um, are interested in that. And also, I think because they, um, these books basically, it is a series, but you can read out of context mm-hmm. um, for the plot itself. And um, I think it, people who like animals uh, would be attracted to these books. You That's know, there right. are people who like um, mysteries that have particular cozies that have um, involve food cooking and and so forth and um some have crafts mine and some have animals mine has animals so um i think that's um that you got to do one with too. reptiles cuz i love snakes i also well, really love you snakes well then you need to read my first book monkey business i didn't read that one i love i love reptiles 
I had a parent. Okay, I was that's a, it. Monkey business. Yeah, I got to. I got to definitely read that because the, it's called the, monkey um, business, and it takes it takes place at a zoo. Uh, I love reptiles. I said, Christy's brother is the curator there of herpetology or of in charge of the reptiles, and he's the one accused of the the murder and. I'm not going to say any more, but, um, well, maybe because the murder has something to do with reptiles. Let's just say that. I, I, so lo- I love snakes. And like, well, I don't know why I love snakes. That. My nephew had an iguana, and I had a snake once in the fish tank. I said, that's crazy. But one of the parents, I was a and I had to stay after school to, as the principal of the school uh, to stay with the kids, and the father brought in a boa constrictor. No, I'm serious. Ah, and he yes. and he dared me. This was really scary because there's like a bunch of fifth graders and tough kids there. He dared me to, to hold it, which I did. I was scared to death, but the thing and didn't bite do. me. Yeah, I did. I did. I did. No, I didn't put it around bite. my neck, but they I held it. No. Yeah, they you, uh... They wouldn't mess with me after that. That's for sure. <laughs> I'll bet like... they didn't. I'll bet they didn't. But well, the kids um, didn't yeah, mess with my... me anyway. But this was like. I I wanted I said to him don't ever do that again. You're putting me on the spot in front of like 500 kids at the end of the day, and they looked at me and they go, "We promise we'll be very quiet in the lunchroom from now on." They were quiet anyway. We don't, we don't want her to bring the snake back to school. I said, "Wait a minute, I'll give it to everybody for show and tell." So, oh well. How did the other question is how do you decide on the cover of the book? Because a lot that, that helps don't. to decide whether, whether it says something I about the, the, the thing. The publisher has a wonderful, my publisher in Circle has a wonderful um, person who does the covers. Oh, nice. Uh, in-house, and that's it. And um, just is fabulous because the two covers um, that I've had are wonderful. And as I said, I have a new book. Playing possum, which takes place in a preserve that's coming out uh, mm. in um, in December, and I just saw the cover. We're just, you know, they're just putting it together, and I saw the cover, and that's fabulous too. So um, they do a great job, and I think the I think the cover attracts readers too. You know, you go to a bookstore. Yeah, that's I know what I'm saying. That's yeah. the first thing I I look for authors that I know, but if I'm looking for something new, that cover can the cover and title can attract me. So that's, well, go on, um, go online and important. look at Iris Johansson. I interviewed Iris last week for her new okay. book, The Bullet. And High Stakes is not out yet. I read that too. She loves me. Um, thank God, because she doesn't interview with anybody because she knows. I send her the questions and then she highlights the ones she wants to answer, and I send her back more. I only ask what she wants. I only ask what she wants to answer, and she's so much fun. And her covers and her titles are perfect for everything that she's ever done. So I have a really weird question at the end. Do you think Christy's going to okay. give up writing as a reporter and become a PI? No. No. She's going to stay as a reporter, uh, an amateur sleuth, but she's going to get involved in things through um, reporters because reporters are investigators. They investigate things. So she is going to say that, and um, through her connections, remember, her husband's a vet, her daughter's yeah. a vet. Um, she's going to get, and she works for the Wildlife Magazine. She's going to be in a lot of animal situations um, that um, she gets to um, 
you know, that she gets to investigate, and, you know, a murder or two will probably occur. Um, so who are you, who are you bringing back in the in next my, one? Who are you bringing back in the next uh, one? In playing possum, it will be yeah. the whole. It will be the regular crew. Her, it will be her family, and um, I also I have her investigating. Um, there's going to be is she doing a story on a preserve, on nature refuge, where a lot of with some of the animals at the wildlife rehabilitation center are missing. Oh, no, they disappeared. Good. Were they stolen? Yeah, there was a break-in, but who would steal? possums and squirrels and things like that. So um, that starts her on her investigation. And, of course, there's murder. And she's doing as a second story, because I always have a subplot, um, her second story involves puppy mills. Mm. Because her, she works for an animal magazine. While most of it is focused on wildlife, it's all animals. So she's doing a story on puppy mills. So there's a lot on that. And um, then, of course, there's a personal angle, and I don't want to get into it too much because it tells too much, but it involves her daughter, Abby, um, and Abby's friend, Jason, who may be more of a friend by then. So so that's where we are. And um, my books, um, Something Fishy, can be bought on Amazon. Uh-huh. The nobles or, or in circle. You can go to in circle to the publisher, get it there, any of those places. And um, as I said, the new one playing possum will be available. Is, is coming is being released December eighth. Uh, I'm not sure when you'll be able to start pre-ordering it, but probably fairly soon. Well, that's good. Just send it to me so I can read it fairly soon. You know, it's like I have so Absolutely. many books to read. And I read, um, yesterday I read, in, I, I'm slowing down. Usually I could read three in one day, but I was slow yesterday because the font was big. And this is a really wow. unusual terrorist book, Bruce Coe's The Island. Um, he got some bad reviews, Ooh. and my review was probably better than everybody else And because I sort of got what he was trying to say. Um, okay. he, it was interesting. Yeah. I have a couple of YA books, and I have a couple for... October that I'm trying to get done. I like to get the interviews done first, and then I could get the rest of them done. As a matter of fact, my if people need shows, whatever, you need to tell me now because November's gone. I have some in December. Wow. I have four already in February and a couple in April. But let me tell you, Cheryl's on the phone. Hi, Cheryl. And Cheryl is doing, they're doing my my thing for Population Zero. Population Zero is not a normal book, people. It's about... The world, nine worlds that I created that no one would want to live in. A world without sun. Wow. A world with excruciating heat. A world without water. A world that's created by with mist and fog and ice. Another world. A world that's covered with glass. And I invited on a world of forest with dense fog with decay and others. And I invited a dead person to come back to experience the world. No, for real, I did. Then I invited somebody to experience all the world, and I wrote it for a reason. Then I wrote a world of animals, but there's always a predator, and a world of artificial intelligence. And I decided that I wrote this because of the pandemic and because people are really not thinking. So I figured maybe you better watch out because my worlds might actually happen. 
You never know. I could put all of that them together in the next that book sounds- and say, one world, is this, is this it? Because people are not thinking. So before I end, let me, first of all, let me thank you. This has been fun, really. It has. I've really enjoyed it. Yes, great question. This, this is, I try. <laughs> I told you, this, I'm telling you, wait till August 25th when you meet my professor. He, he came in the second week of school and he said, everybody handed in these papers and you're all stupid. I'm serious. And oh, I boy. Said, oh, well, okay. I, I have a reading. Like I have that. Yep. Yeah, and I, this is my second master's in reading. And I'm going like, oh, well, what could you do? Then he looked at me and he said, you, come up here. I'm going, why are you picking on me? He says, because she's the only one with a brain that gets a 10. And the other 10 is not as smart as wow. me. And then he, yeah, I was like so embarrassed. And then he looked at me and he said, from now on, I'm picking your articles. I said, well, well that's not fair. The next article was 25 pages and you had to write it. On an index card. Oh boy! Oh boy! You couldn't type it. So I said to him, "Okay, I'll I'll buy. I'm going to use as many index cards as I want." He didn't say a word. So when I get the next one back, he gives me a nine point nine. I go, "Where's the other tenth of a point? Fix that." <laughs> so he said, and, and he and he tested you every week. So I had to have my notebook in front of me, and the girl that was, whose last name started before me was late. So I knew I was going to get picked on the minute I walked through the door. It was hard. But it, was probably, it sounds like, but it sounds like he, yeah, it's probably the best, one of the best courses you took. He is one of the people that made a very big difference in my life. And I took the class as an armor trick because I didn't know if I was going to do it. The next thing I know, I get a call from, because I went to Hunter, to Hunter College, and they said, you were matriculated because your professor decided you belong in the program. I was like, really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. It was the toughest yeah. program ever and the best thing that ever happened to me. So, people, yep. education does count. So I want to thank you. It this does, is great. Everybody, before I I always say this at the end of my shows, and because those, the count for COVID is going up, just one small ask. Be smart when you go outside and in a store, wear a mask and be careful. Absolutely. I agree. Everybody, I agree. stay safe. Have a great day, and bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye now.